Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, Chris Evans here with a very special edition of the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio with Melanie C. popping up to talk about her brand new book, Who I Am. Here we go. Let it roll. Our next guest is the only person in the history of humankind who has made trackies with pop buttons down the side look cool. Her new memoir, Who I Am, is out now. So, here's a story from A to Z. You want to buy a book? You got to listen carefully. We got a legend in the seat who we all want to be. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Melody C. That might be Jack's best ever, and it's a pretty high bar. Hello, Melanie. Good morning. Um, welcome and well done. This book is awesome. Thank you so much. It I've heard awesome. you all talking about it and I feel a bit overwhelmed. Well, I know you've been doing many interviews about it and I've, I've listened uh, to some of them and I've watched some of them. And it's called Who I Am, My Story. Because for a long time, as we all do, you wondered, who am I? Mm, so absolutely. You, you're figuring it out, you figured it out. You... Do you know what? I think it's always a work in progress, isn't it? I figured some stuff out. There's still a little bit to go. I don't think we ever get there, do we? No, but I get a mention. <laughs> or two. Uh, right, let's just get that out of the way, shall we? Immediately. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's it's quite an important part of the story. And, you know, a lot has changed. And I think, you know, obviously you have redeemed yourself <laughs> in the eyes of the Spice Girls. But, um, you know, I completely understand your initial reaction when five girls came in. As we did. Back Singing a cappella down the corridor <laughs> in the TFI Friday offices. And um, we, we were just, we were a different show then. But of course, in the end, you did end up coming on. on yeah, TFI we did. Friday. I mean, we had a special, didn't yeah, we? Know, About a year it. later, after you, you told not? us to. Uh, Get lost. <laughs> no, well, I didn't, did I? Well, no, my exact words were uh, t- try live and kicking or something. Which I, think you... it was, I think it was get back to live See, and kicking. I think it was sound career advice. <laughs> that's, that's how I'm going to reframe it. I'm not going to get away well, with it. Well, you know, the Spice Girls changed a lot. So, you know, and you, you like I said, <laughs> you, you, you made your apologies. You've been very supportive ever since. Yeah, okay. So, you know, we, we all make mistakes, don't we, Chris? Uh, yeah, well, that was, like Fasa <laughs> says, right up there with the internet, because I, I didn't really get the internet for a while. I thought, this isn't going to last. <laughs> so it's Spice Girls Internet and then the odd, the odd share issue. Share it's price. actually amazing how much success you've had, isn't it? Unbelievable. <laughs> what the heck is going on there? Do you and Emma really photobomb um, other people in karaoke booths? <laughs> We have been known to in the past. It's been a little while, but we did go through a phase. And you song bomb them, so you'll join in with Spice Girls songs for people who are just on a spontaneous night out. I think that's how it started. It was my birthday... And I was single at the time, so it was an all-female affair. Had mm. all my girlfriends out, my sister came down, and we had a bit of a boozy dinner. And then we went to Lucky Voice. And I think someone in another booth was doing a Spice Girls song, right. so we decided it'd be rude not to join in. <laughs> and then it just became a thing. I bet they couldn't believe it. Does your <laughs> mum ever karaoke with you? Because she still sings, doesn't she? That is something we haven't oh, done Oh, come together. on, you've got to do. I know, mom right? And, yeah, mum and Minnie Mel mm-hmm. karaoke. How, how good is your mum? 
singing. Wise. She's oh, she's amazing. I mean, she sang since she was fourteen, right. and she's gone through so many genres. She started doing folk. She ended up doing quite a lot of rock and soul, and yeah, she's a great inspiration to me. There's no way you don't go in your book. It's very vulnerable, you know. But you quite rightly now see vulnerability as a superpower, don't you? One hundred percent. And you know, I, I've kind of shied away from having a memoir for many, many years, and I didn't feel strong enough to do it. And then I met a publisher who said, you know, the book can be what you want it to be because I didn't want it to be like tabloid fodder which is kind of unavoidable but I just felt some of the pain I have experienced in my life which sadly a lot of other people do too I want to I want to try and make something positive from that so I wanted it to be you know more helpful I want it to be entertaining yep. and there's loads of fun anecdotes and stories and behind the no, scenes it's really funny and it's but it's 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 everything this book has got every emotion in it so congratulations oh, thank you well that was my intention so it means a lot to hear you say that let's let's talk about um let's talk about your obsession with fitness uh, and food for a while for a while uh, you know and it got very, it became very serious what was what was a mad day at the gym like for you when you would just when you were gym crazy I mean how how much are we talking about I would probably I, I'd I'd run like a demon on the treadmill like most days if not like six seven days a week right. and you know following that I would then be in the gym doing weights and abs and I, I'd spend like if I had the time I would spend about two and a half hours in the gym right um and that's just the gym yeah there's other stuff going on as well yeah and, the and, schedule yeah and now you, you talk about balance you know and life of course it's about balance but it takes a lifetime to live a lifetime and oh I think just as you've nailed it probably that's it you go I've got it oh it's over <laughs> uh, I think that's, that may, may be what happens yeah. but you talk about balance now and you what, what's, a, what's a good day at the gym like now for you then um, well I just like to keep things changing you know I love to do strength work and right. I think you know we're all learning it's so good for us especially females of a certain age yeah. you know that bone density yeah. definitely benefits from lifting some heavy weights and then a little bit of cardio getting out fresh air yeah. you know love being on my bike you talk about you know as you as you mature things do start to hurt uh, a bit more um, I feel exactly the same you know show, shoulders for me I'll tell you when I'm stiffest it's not after a run or after a workout or after a, a sleep it's after a long drive or even like <gasps> an hour in the car to, I can barely get out of the car oh, it's killer isn't it yeah, yeah that's what does me my lower back that does me but yeah waking up in the morning I mean, you know, hats off to you guys every morning getting up. I'm pretty slow these days. Yeah, OK. Uh, right, where do you want to go next, Rachel? Where do you want to go? I loved reading about uh, when you discovered your love of singing. So you said you loved the performance, the dance, the gymnastics. And then when you, you were at your performance school, you had to, to sing a, a song from a musical. Mm -hmm. And you described it as the difference between when you danced on stage, you felt an internal connection with yourself. But when you sang and the audience suddenly all sat up, you felt a direct connection with them. Yeah. And it's been interesting as my career has progressed. I've began to understand that connection is such an important part of what I do. Because I think as a performer, sometimes you can feel like it's quite a selfish thing to do when you're doing it for yourself. Because of course, I get so much pleasure, so much joy from it. But actually, and I think a lot since the pandemic as well, when we lost that connection, just getting back in front of an audience. And I love to be able to see them, see the whites of their eyes, you know, and really make that connection. And you've basically got your mum to thank for your Brian Adams duet. 
I do. She's a huge fan. Yeah. We're getting lots of questions about Brian Adams, by the way. Oh, lovely Brian. I adore him. So we re-recorded When You Gone this year. He's re-recording all of his big hits. And we did like a really fun video um, up in Widnes, where I grew up, just down the road from yeah. you, Chris. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I adore him. I have so much to thank Brian for. Okay, it's amazing to hear Melanie on the show this morning. Says, Joe and Sonny Marlow, please could you ask it? There'll be another track, a different track with Brian in the works at any point in the future. Oh, well, I sang with him recently on stage and we did, um, is it called, I, I'm going to get the, the title of the song wrong, um, Too Good To Be True? Yeah, da, na, da, na, da, na, da, no, 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 it's um, Can't Take My Eyes Off You. Can't Take My Eyes Off You. Yeah. I knew I'd get the title wrong. That's, that's a very northern thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. Can't Take My Eyes Off You, you know, that one. Um, yes, we did that. Um, so, you know, maybe we will do something else. I, I mean, Brian and I have, you know, such a strong friendship and connection. I'm sure there'll be more to come. I loved hearing about how you made Virgin Sweat before signing your contract. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, that was such a fun time. Um, yeah, I mean, we were going round all the labels and there was a lot of interest in us and we got it down to two, Virgin Records and London Records. And we always knew we were going to go with Virgin. That was definitely top of our list, but we wanted to keep them guessing. So, yeah, we, we sent... Um, Dolls, blow-up dolls of the Spice Girls down to Kensal Rise. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Because it wasn't um, uh, Simon Fuller, um, Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell. Wasn't he in charge of London A&R at the time? No, he was at, was it BMG? Oh, yeah. He, he was wasn't at BMG, London then, but right, we, yeah. we did have a little run-in with him. And he, um, like yourself, Chris, um, <laughs> um didn't see any potential in a little band called the Spice I Girls. No, I didn't say that. I just said it, was, it wasn't TFR. You were in the wrong place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, no, because we always used to get the two mixed up, the two Simons, because for a while I just thought that I'd just follow it, you know, because they were quite similarly, very, very similar age. Yeah. Uh, from a, um, a record company and record business point of view, had a very similar kind of uh, lane that they were swimming in. Yeah, there. and they worked together on the Idols, didn't they? They the did, Idol didn't they? shows, yeah. yeah, yeah. And th there is a similarity between them, but they they're quite different in their personality, but they look similar. You talk about auditioning for the Spice Girls, uh, for people who don't know that. Just give us the headlines from that story. Auditioning for the Spice Girls. Well, I'd been to Performing Arts College and was auditioning for lots of different things, but my ultimate dream was to work in the music industry. And I was at a dance studio in London, just off Oxford Street, opposite Selfridges, and somebody handed me a flyer for a girl band. Imagine ever, had you not been there that moment I on know, that day? I know, and I can, you know, I don't know if everyone else does this, I'm sure they do, but you know when you have, because my memory's terrible, but I just have these like visual snapshots of moments, which was really helpful in the book. And I wanted to try and describe a lot as well, you know, so people could feel like they were there. Um, and this is one of those moments, I looked to my friend and I went, that's it, that's what I'm gonna do. And I went on to do it. Because it was all about dance for you for a long time, wasn't it? Ballet as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I really love the discipline of yeah. ballet. And I'm, you know, I'm really grateful that I had that in my life. I studied ballet till I was 19. So, um, yeah, it stood me in good stead for everything in the future. You talk about therapy. Um, uh, what kind of therapy? Not, not, not the subject of the therapy. What kind of therapy did you find work for you best? You know what? I think rather than the therapy, I think it's a therapist. Right. You know, it's finding that person, and which is so difficult because I know... Obviously, the, with the NHS, it's really difficult, you know, they're so stretched. But, you know, if you do have the opportunity to, if one person doesn't work for you, there are other people. Because I've had other therapists in the past that, you know, we've done some work together, it's been okay. But now, and for about the last 10 years, I've worked with someone who's just brilliant. So, it's again, it's connection, you know, people... 
You talk about uh, worrying, uh, be, being a worrier and also being a warrior. Uh-huh. Uh, I love that. You know, uh, you can worry and you can be a warrior. Um, uh, and basically, you know, not you can be, but that's what we all are in the end, isn't it? At our lowest ebb and our, 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 on our best days. Absolutely. And I think the biggest thing I've learned through writing this book is we are all so capable of so much and we never really give ourselves the credit. Yeah. You know, there, there's been times in my life where getting out of bed has been a huge achievement and I have to acknowledge that and then other times I've stepped on stage at Wembley Stadium do you know what I mean and it's like people see these big glitzy things and think wow you're amazing for doing that and I think well that was actually easier than getting out of bed yeah. 15 years ago so yeah I think it's important okay you talk about sometimes going to bed and thinking I don't think I'd mind that much if I didn't wake up tomorrow morning yeah um Oh, I mean, that's kind of the the lowest ebb and, and really hard to revisit those times and to think that I was in that headspace. But again, you know, sadly, I think lots of people, life, the pressure of life can just get too much and you just wonder if not being around would be an easier option. Yeah, it never went further than that, did it, though? You, your thoughts never no. went to, to the most sinister and darkest place? No, absolutely not. I mean, that that, that was as dark as it got, and I, I feel very grateful. And, you know, in the depths of depression, in the darkest times, the most worrying thing is when you feel like the spark has actually gone out. Um, and that has happened. But, um, you know, luckily there was just a flicker, and I just held on to enough. that. Enough. Yeah. It was enough. Um I'm going to talk about the 1996 Brit Awards because I didn't know you were there. (laughs) You were there, weren't you? Of course, because no one knew who we were, really. I think maybe a few record execs. And we bumped into Take That that night for the first time, which was quite momentous for us. We'd really looked up to them. and That was the um, last time they were playing, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Robbie had already gone, so it was the four boys. And, yeah, Jason Orange went, there's those spicy girls. And um, we were honoured because, yeah, we hadn't released anything. We were signed to virgin but yeah nobody knew that you know the wider public didn't know who we were so we had quite a fun night yeah and you tell a story about that because you that was the first time you realized um it's like spider-man isn't it you know with great power comes great responsibility you didn't have it as a spice girl yet then but you knew it was on the way uh, but you, the team who, who were around you were saying you you really can't do what you did tonight. <laughs> go, it's good that it happened now, maybe. Yeah. But fast forward a year's time, that's not an option. Do you want to speak to that for a second? Yeah, well, you know, we were invited to the awards and we made the most of it. You know, it was the 90s. It was a lot of fun, right? There it was, was a, and that year was a cracking year. As that well. was yes, it, it was certainly was. We were sitting with Lenny Kravitz, and he was with Vanessa Paradis at the time. And you know, this was our first time out, you know, doing anything yeah. of this level. So we were having, you know, a few glasses of champagne. We had a bit of fun. We might have got a little bit tipsy. And on the way out, I got a little bit fed up with Victoria and told her where to go. And um, yeah, the next day I was in quite a lot of trouble for that. Yeah, you were in front of the headmaster, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. I didn't realise that there were... First of all, I didn't realise that the, the sort of the genesis of the Spice Girls, because, you know, you just appeared on my radar along with lots of other people's with Wannabe. But I didn't realise that, first of all, there's a sixth Spice Girl called Michelle. Uh-huh. And second of all... Thank goodness you got a call back because you got um you got laryngitis tonsillitis yeah. didn't you and so yeah. you were you you were out you were in then you were out do you know what there's actually a seventh Spice Girl there were two girls who were in the original lineup and you know through various things 
they didn't work out. And then, yeah, so the five you come to know, it was, yeah, a few twists and turns. And I did nearly not make it. I was really poorly on the recall. What happened to Michelle? I, that's a really good question. I think she does and has done some music, but she was also contemplating university at the time. Do you know if she can still hold a tune and you do another stadium tour? Because it's 30 <laughs> years soon, isn't it? So you're coming up to 30 years. Imagine yeah. if you brought the Six Spice Girl on. Can you imagine? That would be so cool. You'd have to have that the fifth back as well. <laughs> the, by the way, let's just talk about her for a second. Didn't she? She's been karaoke recently, hasn't she? Miss Victoria, yeah. She's warming up the vocal cords, isn't she? What, 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 what do you want to tell us? Intrigue. Come on. Um, well, you know, like I always say in interviews, we are chipping away. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's nothing that we would love more than to be back on stage as a fan. It's such an open invite to her, isn't it? Yeah. It's a permanent open invite. It's always. like it's like um, it's like Liam to Noel. Anytime you're ready, bro. <laughs> yeah. There are so many stories in this book, Mel. I mean, my I've got a terrible memory. I can barely remember what I had for dinner last week. How did you remember all of this? And and through your research, did events and stories come back to you that you'd totally forgotten about? Absolutely. The girls were really useful, actually, because when we get together, we reminisce and we all remember different things. And I, I've never kept like a, a diary with my thoughts and feelings in, but I've always kept like a scheduled diary, which really sparked a lot. And then there's just so much online as well. I'd sometimes watch an old interview or performance and it would just spark up all these memories. It must have been like part of your therapy to write the book. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really hard. It was a lot harder than I thought it would be and really time consuming. And I, I, I liken it to making a record because it got to a point where it was like, it's never going to be finished. You know, I have to get it to a point where I'm happy and comfortable for it to go out into the world. Yeah, but yeah. if you don't take it off me, it's never going to get done. I said that Picasso said that he never finished a painting. You know, he just stopped. Well, thank you for comparing my work to Picasso. <laughs> okay. I'm really trying to make up for um, water under the bridge you're here. You're good, you're yeah, good. thanks very much. Not good enough, no, but never... Professionally, the enemy of good enough. Um, it's funny, though, isn't it? Fate, you know, to, to, right up to the stadium tour 2019... You know, had that been booked for 2020, it wouldn't have happened. Oh, my goodness. We can't believe the timing of that. You just about got in there, didn't you? And 2019, for me, uh, you know, personally and in my work, was the best year. I mean, the stadium shows were just undescribable in how incredible they were. And then I went on to do a world tour of Prides with Sink the Pink, uh, my my gorgeous drag collective. So, yeah, I, I I fit a lot in. It was good. But, uh, you know, had it been one year later? Because it wasn't so much closure for you and the other girls, the stadium tour, was it? It, was, it felt a bit like, you know, the, the closing of one chapter and on to the next. And you had that lovely moment and opportunity in life that many of us have been lucky enough to, to be gifted, where you can fall back in love with what you did, but actually more than the first time around, because the first time around, it sort of owned you, you didn't own it. And there's no other way that can be, that first flush of fame and success, is there? Absolutely. I mean, that is such a good way to put it. It gave us the opportunity to really appreciate and celebrate what we'd done in the yeah, 90s. Like, wow, it's great and it's yeah. still great and everything's yeah. amazing. And, and people still love the Spice Girls. More than ever. An amazing and fan then, base And also, the, you know, the, the it's like Take That. Other bands, Oasis had it, didn't they? Liam just had it at Nebworth. You know, people attending his concert who weren't born the first time oh, around, you yeah. know, whose parents had not even met yeah. the first time around. Yeah. You've got it all going on again. So, you know... I 
I did the math, you know, and I'm looking at 2026 for the 30th anniversary tour. Okay, cool. That's that. That's that must be being talked about already. Surely we are constantly talking about getting back out there because obviously 2019 was cut short. Yeah. Um, there are so many territories we've never got to: Australia, Southeast Asia, South America. But of course. We always have to play home crowds. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we we are we're trying to get it together. It's there is so much to celebrate. This year is twenty five years of Spice World the movie and the album. Right. So there'll be certain things happening around that. But um, yeah, beyond that, we've just got to get those dates sorted. Okay, I mean, you know, everybody's talking about Glastonbury. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I know you quite quite well. I'm trying to read your body language now as so I say that. Um, yeah. What. What do you have in response to the Glastonbury chat? Again, it's so funny. I think there was something even last week in the papers. We've never been asked. Right. We've never been approached. Um, obviously, personally, speaking for myself, a dream. Have you I played was, Glastonbury yourself? I was lucky enough to be there this year. I DJed this year right. and I got on stage with the Blossoms. I had an incredible time and I would absolutely love... I mean, ugh, that would be the ultimate well, to do that's that Well, that's a, the perfect response. We haven't been asked, but it would be a yes. Because oh. there's, there's nothing hidden there at all, is there? No, absolutely not. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'd go I'd go to Glasgow to... I wouldn't clean the loos, but I'd maybe clean the bins. You'd definitely milk the cows, <laughs> wouldn't you? You'd go to milk the cows. I'd go to and, milk the cows. And things like that. <laughs> I know you DJ. Uh, would you like to... Would you Would you honour us with a DJ set at Carfest next year? Because you've never <gasps> DJed... You've yes! appeared at Carfest loads. I'd Why love don't you to come do and that. DJ on the main stage? Let's do it. Is that a deal? Yes, Done? that's a deal. Done deal. Next year, August Bank Holiday. Excellent. Honestly? I'm in, yeah. Okay, that's excellent. And <laughs> um, what else do I want to ask you before you go? Oh, there's so much I could ask you. Um, I want to know about that night at Wembley Stadium where <laughs> no no I can read your body language I'm uh, just racking my brain something and oh, no, there was one where's night, he going wait, no there was one night so you played I can't remember it was the first I think it must have been the last it what, was the last night at Wembley what, the when last, Adele was there no when you just didn't leave you didn't go home oh yes where was the party don't tell I don't want to know what happened at the party what went on at the party stays at the party but where where did you have a party till the next day at Wembley Stadium okay so this is really funny so the last night was wall to wall friends family other artists it was a night Adele was in Jess Glynn was there Jess Glynn was there she was our wonderful support act and we went back into the bar we had like a friends and family bar yeah. and Adele had assembled all of her friends and all of our family and they all started singing Spice Up Your Life to us as we walked in which was surreal and yeah it was just it was buzzing you know everyone was so excited and at one point I popped back to my dressing room okay. backstage and on my floor sitting on my floor drinking my rider eating my crisps is Adele and Jess and Mel B and I'm like what are you all doing in here um, and yet we just ended up staying I think there was only myself Emma and Mel B at 6am yeah. but I think maybe around 2 security came in yeah. and said girls this isn't your stadium anymore Fleetwood Mac are loading in I because they play the next night. <laughs> they did. How the heck do you strike a, a Spice Girls stadium set and put up Fleetwood Max less than, in less than 24 hours? Yeah. Because they played on Sunday night. Yeah, they? and we were still backstage were you tem- causing were you havoc. To, were you tempted to stay and just watch Fleetwood Mac? Oh, that would have been the best, Fleetwood wouldn't it? Mac, yeah. That would have been a story. Uh, will there be another book? Do you know what? Potentially. I mean, I, I'm still kind of reeling from this one. Um, but it's, yeah, you know, the story isn't over, no, you know? Gonna, you're going to get so... Well, you're already getting so much love for this book because of the places you go in it. Yeah. I think it's fantastic, man. Oh, thanks, I really do. Chris. It's awesome. You. Melanie C., who I am after years of wondering who am I, my story. It's out now and it is 
absolutely brilliant, especially for young girls. May I say that? I think yeah, it's really important, don't so. you? Yeah. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. All right, that's it for now. Thank you for listening. Why not listen back to some of our other podcasts from Graham Norton, Judy Murray, and even Mr. Noel Gallagher. Ta-da. Sorry, I mean. Ta-da!